Yes, Connor. I have a really weird question for you, but I hope you can answer it. Uh, I hope I have an answer for you. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do with Sully like Star Trek more than Star Wars? Well, you know, people have different opinions. They have, they might believe different things than me. I try to be very tolerant in right. my, you know, worldview. This is your firstborn son, though. Well, no, it, gl- like no goat blood's going to protect you from this stuff. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Fair enough. I'm hoping that we don't get there. Well, we have more fathers in the studio, so I want to ask around, guys. Uh, we have uh, games in that in here. I'm gonna more I'm gonna fathers. More fathers. <laughs> what? We've I got more fathers. <laughs> more fathers than we do, like you know, non fathers in here. Anyways, we have the crew of games in that here today. What's up, guys? We have Brandon and Andrew. Fiel. Yo. Hey. Hello. Uh, as fathers, uh, I know you guys. We all kind of have the same, uh, you know. Um, Oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The same interests in everything, you know, the same likes, dislikes, more or less, uh, you know, when it comes to something that you're very passionate about. Uh, and if your kids are against that or just not into it, is that devastating to you? Um, until they bring tractors into Star Wars, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> that that age right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tractors are nothing. Unless the Wiggles are uh, covering the Imperial March, I think it's going to be tough over here, too. That's fair. Well, I mean, like it seems like almost any cartoon like it's worth their salt does some type of Star Wars parody, anyways. Yeah, never mm-hmm. say never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but without further ado, Utaputa, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew, and we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, gang, we have games in that podcast again. Introducing Brandon Carnahan and Andrew Fiak. I'm sorry, I'm very tired, so I'm just stumbling over myself here. Brian, how are you doing? I'm I'm splendid. Yeah? We got everybody here today because we're going to be talking about Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons. We're going to be doing our review today of that. Yes. It's been been long overdue. Long freaking overdue. Burning a hole in the pocket. I know. (laughs) And we have the whole squad here to actually talk about it. We've had a chance to all five of us actually got, you know, online and we flew together. We were brothers in arms. I think we won at least one match. Yeah, that was nice. somewhat surprisingly. A fleet battle, nonetheless. <laughs> I know, I know. And everybody else is like above level 100, and <laughs> it's just like, it's starting to lose its its uh, its flair in that respect. But we'll get back to that. Before we want, uh, before we jump into that, uh, there's some recent Star Wars news uh, that I want to ch- jump into, if that's okay. At the intersection of Star Wars and games, once again. <laughs> More Star Wars news. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about Lucasfilm Arts, or Lucas Arts Films Games, or Lucas... Fames. How about Lucasfilm Games? <gasps> that sounds much better. Yes. So what is that exactly? <laughs> so that is the new official in-house Lucasfilm Games group. Um, you know, previously starting in, I don't know when they actually signed that contract, 2013, 14, somewhere in that range. Right. They signed an exclusive deal that every game had to be developed by EA. EA. That contract expires, I believe, in 2022 or 23. I think it's 23. I think it's 23. Yes. And then at that point, they can start doing games with anybody. And so that's what the new Lucasfilm Games is designed to do. It's going to kind of be like a story group. And then they can find like the right developer, essentially, to to build a new game. Perfect. And yes, it sounds awesome and really exciting. And we can finally be rid of the EA stain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how long have they had the contract and how many games have they actually made? Um. So apparently it did, it started with Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm in 2012. So we have... So it's been eight that? years. And that's three games? Yeah. Maybe four and games? They've, 
Three games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was Battlefront 1 and 2. And, well, actually, and I guess Fallen Order and then now Squadrons. Yeah. So four. Would lo- like would Legos fall into that at all, or is that just a different company? That's a separate entity. Separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. Well, also, still. just to be clear, we're calling Squadrons a game. Like <laughs> it's a technical exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we can jump into that. But Oops. even just even just so much as like they so they they uh, they released a little like sizzle trailer, a little sizzle reel to announce the uh, the name change, and they kept showing uh, you know bits and pieces for Battlefront one and two. They showed bits and pieces for uh, the Lego game. They showed bits and pieces for Jedi Fallen Order. The thing that kind of gets me, and I'm going to go back to this, is the Lego game. They're they're propping it up like it's going to be this epic thing, but it's it's like two years in the making now. Well, I, I want just to add into that their their sizzle reel. <clears throat> they, I thought it was really hilarious how much they leaned into all the mobile game stuff. Mm. Yeah, as if that was like that was their big seller. thing. Like, I mean, it's for sure a money maker. We but get it. Like, <laughs> we know what you want. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it, sure it goes to show how much. EA didn't really do with oh, the opportunity no. they were given that they yes. were leaning so hard into the mobile stuff in that sizzle reel. Well, there was like a point where they were like, Darth Revan is back in Galaxy of Heroes. Like, and it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, you, you get so excited and you realize it's just such a downward spiral. But yeah, it honestly, I, and, and that's all they, that's all you have to show for these last few years. And then you look at, you know, what LucasArts did before that. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Like the, the, the catalog is very extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with them changing it up and like actually being able to prioritize a few different properties and give it to appropriate companies, I'm all for that. And like we are, we had mentioned before that Ubisoft, I believe, right, is Ubisoft, the one yeah. is getting um, their chance to do a open world Star mm-hmm. Wars game. Yes. Which uh, I mean, let's just start some speculation. I know that some people were thinking maybe it's like a bounty hunter esque, maybe. Well, so first it's. Ubisoft Massive is like their sub studio. Mm-hmm. That's the same studio that was responsible for both division games. Oh, okay. So those are big games, anyway. So my thought is probably third person mm-hmm. cover uh, shooter. Yeah, cover mm-hmm. shooter. Definitely skills and abilities. Yeah. Just kind of work your way up the tree, kind of deal. Probably a smuggler bounty hunter esque yeah. game, open world, taking missions. I would love that because it like we've we've had Battlefront, we've just had Squadrons, we had a Jedi game. We kind of mm-hmm. need to go in a new direction, and I think this totally. is it's an exciting direction to go for. I think you can make your own character and make your own way in the galaxy. You know, do it something like that, or even something as large as like uh, Assassin's Creed. Like you saw the scope of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm I don't think any one of us in this room has actually completed the map in that game, <laughs> but like it's just like. You know, if you can do that and just stuff it full of like fun Star Wars stuff, what the hell? Why not? Yeah, you know. there was a game that uh, I don't know if you guys remember Star Wars 1313, yeah. which was supposed to be it wasn't Amy Henning's game. That was a totally different game. Amy Henning, who was the lead writer on the Uncharted games from one through three mm-hmm. um, at Naughty Dog, they were going to do there was another game, Star Wars 1313, which was very Uncharted esque, where you play they, they teased that you were going to be playing as like a smuggler bounty hunter type character doing a lot like of a heavy set piece stuff. Boba Fett or something. Well, it came out recently with the Lucas art with the Lucasfilm announcement. Um, Corey Barlog, who's the head writer of God of War, came out and said, 
hey, I just somebody make a bounty hunter game because I love Mandalorian <laughs> is what it came down to. And the people who were working on 1313, the lead director, the art, the artist, uh, the, the lead writers came out and were like, yeah, we had that. It was Star Wars 1313 and it got canceled during yeah. the Disney acquisition. Yeah. And then they started posting screenshots and it turned out you were going to be playing as Jango Fett. Like you were going to be yeah. basically a Mandalorian bounty hunter doing exactly those things. And everybody <sighs> got bummed out. Because it, and like uh, you could still find the gameplay and trailer we've talked about this before mm -hmm. too it's just it's just a cool concept because you're going through the levels of coruscant and everything like that it's more grounded than any other real star wars experience we have right now i feel like right you know it offers that dirtier side of star wars that we only get a glimpse of every so often agreed yeah i mean i think it's i mean i'm obviously really excited i mean certainly for this open world concept um, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting as we start to kind of memorialize like the EA relationship. And it's like, I mean, I think ultimately most of the games that, you know, I would say at least three of the four games that they put out mm -hmm. are actually pretty good. I think so. I mean, you know, I, I personally I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Battlefront one, but it's again, it's almost more in like that technical exercise. It was of, just like we're putting our feet in the water <clears throat> to see what works. Yeah, we're just going to build up this multiplayer mode and like we're going to totally neglect any story elements, really any customization. It's just going right. to be this is it. <laughs> Play it for a couple uh, of years, then we'll come out with a bigger expansion. And then just surprise, now that's going to be even worse. Yeah, and it's for at first while. it was worse, but then it kind of got it's a little bit better. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better now. Oh yeah, um, But I mean, I think Fallen Order is a great game. Um, you know, I think shifting the dynamic from doing a you know Jedi themed game to doing a bounty hunter shooter shooter style could be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Um, and then we have squadrons. Oh, squadrons. Well, all right, that so, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we dive into that, we're, we're still getting there. I got one more thing to bring up, and uh, now we have the proper crew to talk about it. Indiana Jones teaser. Uh, so I want to I want to get some thoughts on the Indiana Jones teaser. What is everyone's thoughts? Where is it going to be set? What do you think? Are you excited? Are you pissed? What's going on? I'll Anybody? let you jump in on this one. You're the, you're the indie guy. I'm very excited. Uh, so the company that's going to be doing it uh, is is owned by Bethesda, which has a bunch of different companies under their umbrella. Mm -hmm. But uh, specifically, I can't remember the name of the developer, but they're the ones who did the recent Wolfenstein games. Right. So they did Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein New Order, New Colossus, all those games, uh, Old Blood, all the expansions and stuff. A history um, of Nazi punching. Basically. History of Nazi <laughs> punching. So, like in that facet, they totally get it. So, they I think it. that's where the game's going to be set. I think they've got those assets. They they understand yeah. that area. Classic assets. And I you, think that's where they're going to go with it. Do you think it'll be third person or first person? Like you so, want to go like Uncharted, or <clears> what do you think? If it's going to be an indie game, I would prefer it be third person, just because I want to. I don't want to. I want to be Dr. Jones. I don't want to be Dr. Jones. You want like, to see him. Yeah. I want to see the fedora. I want to see the silhouettes. I want to, I want to see the action happening. Yeah. unfolding uh, like an uncharted, like a tomb Raider game. Right. Um, he's, he's more of like a punchy character. And I feel like it's a lot easier to have punchy gameplay third person than it yeah. is scrappy. first person. Yeah. Indies, Indies biggest, uh, his biggest strengths are making the making do with what's around him at the time. Yeah. Like I'm grabbing this shovel that was laying on a minecart to hit this person. Now I'm throwing my arm that's broken to just hit this guy, even oh, though it really he's hurts. An improv me. master, he is. Well, even <laughs> just to that end, like I, I do love the fact of Indiana Jones as a character. He carries a pistol, but almost never has ammo. 
Like he's the most <laughs> ill-prepared like fighter in that sense. But like you say, he kind of MacGyver's his way through situations. So I can see that being a situation where you have to, you know, it, even if it is first person mm-hmm. and you're duking it out with somebody, there could be a situation where you look around and like, you know, like you say, a, you know, a shovel's highlighted so you can go and pick up the, high, the, the shovel or like yeah. a, a stone and throw it at him or something like that. I think it could work. I think it can make it happen. But like in the way of um, where it's actually going to be set, I think I heard it was set, it's going to be set in like the Vatican, or at least that's the rumor going around. Yes. So if you watch the like little teaser trailer that they put out, mm-hmm. there's if you look closely at all of the items on the table, mm-hmm. um, you can see that India's booked a flight to Rome mm-hmm. in 1937. Ooh. So we're talking like as the third Reich is rising coming to power. There would also potentially be, you know, some, some Italian fascist like Ooh. interplay there. So we might see like Mussolini or something. Oh, we haven't like that. seen those ones. Those yeah, guys we, getting punched. Yeah. Yet. We haven't seen those <laughs> Italian Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen those uh, fascists be appropriately punched yet. So, um, so that'll be exciting. And, and yeah. And there's definitely some, other, <laughs> uh, definitely some other, like kind of Easter eggs and clues. I think you see Egypt. I think there's mm. somewhere in South America, maybe Peru or somewhere like that. So, so it definitely has that vibe of we're going all over the world. You have yeah, to, you got to have the yeah. 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 So you, red line on the map. Even to that end, like I can see them doing, if they did a third person, like it, it could have that feel. You almost don't want it to be a proper, like, parody of uncharted but you wanted to have almost the same feel to it because uncharted is indiana jones in the modern era yeah i think a a big benefit of doing indie in that style is that especially with like uncharted in particular and with tomb raider you have this like cognitive dissonance of just mowing down Mm. dude after dude after dude after dude and it's just like is he a bad guy yeah (laughs) yeah but i think with something like (laughs) indie where he's going to be you know knocking people out more often than not could maybe, be a maybe throw a guy off a cliff here and there you know he's known yeah. to do that well, do i didn't hours. start the helicopter <laughs> rudders that yeah. took you out but right oh, i just laid on the ground <laughs> i think it solves that problem i think that's all that's something that's just in the, the game media that i've listened to like that's something that always comes up yeah. with an uncharted or with a tomb raider game it's is cool. like well, the stuff that so i think people. the stuff that uncharted did well and i hope this indie game does is there's this like rube goldberg of action like one just lapse in judgment leads to a domino effect of shit that just falls down the stairs until it's just like i barely got out of that alive yes so i want to see all of that to that end do you think it could be something like would you like like a quick time event in that sense no just let it let it go like an uncharted like in uncharted like the the in uncharted 4 specifically there's Mm -hmm. that bell tower scene where he's climbing up the bell tower right and then that thing just collapses like Mm -hmm. give me more stuff like that like it's like oh i hit my head on the way down then i rolled off this then i bumped into that then okay i'm gonna take this ladder but then the ladder broke and now i'm falling down this mudslide and now i'm in this waterfall and now i'm drowning i can like i want that that's that's what happens it's just like I'm thinking I'm flying by the seat of my pants and this is now where I've ended up because of that lapse of judgment. Yeah. Like I think that's something that like uncharted Four kind of really figured out is like not so much to make it like quick time events, Mm -hmm. but just to build the set pieces directly into the action. Mm -hmm. Nice. And yeah, I think that like, because I think that's part of what makes indie like an Indiana Jones game so valuable is that it has to have that authentic, like, feel that you are also watching a movie yeah because that's where this character comes from and he is just this classic pulp character and well i think with with us talking about uncharted we can see that it's already 
proven to have been done successfully. And we, we know we have a, a good character with Indiana Jones. I think as long as you mix it right and, you know, produce it right, shouldn't be any problems. Mm-hmm. Plus, also, if you do the third person, uh, that's that leads to customization. I know you guys were talking about you want to play mm-hmm. the entire campaign in the, the white tuxedo. Tuxedo. <laughs> Not even that. I, I would love if you could, like what Arkham Asylum did with Batman. <clears throat> Excuse me. You start in the bat suit, and by the end of that whole adventure, he is just tattered into Oh, him. yeah. And like, that's Indy's thing. Like, I show up in the jacket, I show up in the fedora, and by the end of it, I've got sleeves ripped off, mm-hmm. I'm cut all up, I'm sweaty as hell. Heart's like, I've got out. a five o'clock shadow. Like, I want that. <laughs> that would be cool. Grit. The progression. I need grit. <laughs> I could see that. Well, cool. Is there anything, I mean, is there anything else in that, uh, that, that announcement that I can't think of, or I think that's it? I mean, there's like rumors now starting to emerge that we might be getting, in fact, another KOTOR game, but it's very unsubstantiated at right. this point. So well, that's also going to be interesting to kind of jump around because of the High Republic. But even that, like the High Republic's only 200 years versus yeah, like 4,000 years. years prior. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think good that'll buffer. be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's a good buffer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've got plenty of time. Um, Did you get the novel? Yeah, I'm like halfway through. What do you think so far? I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. Well, I finished it, so I loved it. But anyways, uh, we'll talk about that in time. No, I, it, with the the light light of the Jedi, it's the new High Republic novel. Yes, uh, I know new story, marquee book event of the coming years. The great disaster. Oh yes. God. Uh, All right. So, are we ready to talk squadrons? I think we are ready to talk no. squadrons. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> squadrons. Ladies and gentlemen, Squadrons is a space combat game set in the Star Wars universe developed by Motive Studios and published by Electronic Arts. It was released for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on October 2nd, 2020. The game features both multiplayer game modes and a single-player campaign. Star Wars Squadron Story covers a total of 15 missions that take place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. It deals with Project Starhawk, the new public's answer to the devastating Star Destroyer ships. Players must control both sides of the conflict as they battle for supremacy and freedom. Uh, just to kind of go over this, I I wanted to kind of do a you know a roll call and just say hey. You know, why don't we all come up with the names that we were given, you know, when we started the game? And I'm the only one that can kind of remember it as well as uh, Fioc. So I remember mine. I'll see if I can add okay. one. You just Fioc, pick me last. Fioc, what, is your, what was your uh, pilot name for the Republic and for the Empire? My Empire pilot was Calzone. And my uh, new republic was um, pizza. <laughs> Just like it spelled very Star Wars esque. Yeah, with all the apostrophes in it and perfect unnecessary H's and spaces. <laughs> Andrew, my name for every pilot out there is Hohes Equesh. Hohes Equesh, which is the horse pilot from the <gasps> old uh, Wraith Squadron novels. Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I thought you were to get a piggy or something. No. No. Uh, Brian, do you know yours? Uh, yeah, so um, like Andrew, with all of my pilots, it's the space pilot, formerly known as Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, for me, my uh, my new republic was Gridungus Isle. <laughs> and uh, my empire name was the most evil name I could come up with. It was Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> so, I don't know. Brandon. So my empire name would be uh, Blade Cutter. Cool. That's nice. And uh, wow. and my my rebel, I had a name and I forgot it. Lawn mower. Uh, yes. Uh, lawn, Reach around. Lawn. Lawn mower. 
distantly related to Luke. Oh, Jesus. Luke. Luke Skywalker. It's French for Luke. So, uh, as we were saying, we, uh, whenever you start the story, you have to uh, you have to pick a name for both sides of your faction, and you can create your character as you go. Uh, it, it's fun because at the end of the mission, it doesn't even really matter because no one ever calls you by your name. You're always cool. just referred to as pilot. You get these amazing accolades to the entire story, and yet no one ever refers to you by name. Yes, that's the, that's like it. it this is going to feed into my whole review and everything. And, yeah, and for both the rebels and imperials, I'm really curious, like. You are this great hero of this Fostar Haven mission right? on both sides. Heroes right. on both sides, as, <laughs> as some people mind. say. <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> but, the, uh, but like for whatever reason, it seems like both pilots end up leaving the like flight ranks yeah, and don't like, fly for several years. And then we pick up the story. Like, again. I got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'll be I have something very important to do. All right, so let's let's uh, let's go over the story before we go over the multiplayer because I want to I want to talk about this um, real quick. There, I want to talk about the uh, the members of each squadron. Uh, so let's start with the New Republic. For the New Republic, we have the leaders in uh, Commander Lyndon Javes, uh, who is an ex. And this uh, is Vanguard Squadron. This is Vanguard Vanguard Squadron. Yes, uh, we have the intelligence officer Ardo Baradi or Baradi. And uh, I just kind of put this up there. I don't really count her as a leader, but the chief mechanic, uh, Zarelda Sage, she basically just helps you, you know, pimp out your ship on each mission and stuff and like that, that. She says, press X. Press X. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they cleared you to use a, a U-wing. And it's like, but I wanted to use an A-wing. It's like, yeah, well, that's this is what they said you should use. And it's like, great. <laughs> you know, so, you, like, so through, through the actual campaign, you're given to, you know, you each mission you have to use a certain ship and then the campaign is essentially a six hour long training campaign to kind of get you ready for the multiplayer because every every single uh mission uh it requires you to use a new ship or a new uh you know add-on to the ship or a new goodie a new goodie or like a teach like one mission taught you how to drift and stuff like that you know did not do a very good job (laughs) no because i spent four hours and it was like how do you even freaking do this and i finally did it and i never remember how to do it after that so I still have that. no concept of how that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vanguard Squadron is made up of four other pilots, including Kira Kova, uh, also known as Gunny. Uh, she's the Vanguard leader, uh, or Vanguard One. She's a Mimbanese female, and she's missing an arm, just like uh, our, or no, uh, C-3PO. It's, it's, like a, it's got like a, not an a, a, a red arm. Yeah, <laughs> you probably didn't recognize it because of the red arm. Uh, Grisilla Grace uh, Vitara Sinair. Sinar. Sinar. Like oh, our systems. Yes. Ooh, it's her. Yeah. See, like there's little Easter eggs that make it kind of interesting that we get absolutely nothing that makes any of it worthwhile because they're all just kind of one dimensional. <laughs> yeah. like, and like she even comes up and she's like, oh, yeah, like my I think her her, her whole deal is like her family is with the Empire. And she's like, I didn't like yes. it. So I left. Yeah, like, so right. I mean, Sinar is the ones that develop <laughs> the Imperial Star Destroyers. Exactly. At the Quat drive yards. So here's another two that are interesting. First of all, uh, Foresk. Uh, Frisk, like it, it's it's Furesk, and then his nickname is Frisk. Uh, Full name Stop and Stat. Stop and Frisk. Stop and Frisk. Uh, he is a Trandoshan male. Here's a fun fact for you. I don't know if you realize this. He was voiced by James Arnold Taylor. I did see that. Yes, Obi Wan Kenobi himself. If you didn't know that, okay. yes, from the but Clone Wars. <laughs> once I learned that, I like was listening to his dialogue the whole time. I was like, wow, it is him. Like you could hear it slightly through that, like whatever kind of. 
like weird thing he does with his voice. And then finally we have Keo Venzi, a non-binary Marillion or Marillion. Yes. But I thought that was cool that I this is I this is the second character I've come across in the new canon that's non-binary. Yes. I didn't and I know realize like that. I know the uh voice actor who did the voice is also non-binary. That I didn't know. Interesting. Yeah. So they probably had some kind of influence behind that. But again, this is this is going into what the new Star Wars is. It's all very inclusive and everything and they're just trying their best to put everything in and put it in its place. So for the Galactic Empire, uh, the leaders we have are Captain Teresa Carell or Kyrell or I don't know, Kirill. She uh, was partners with Lyndon Javes and they kind of had a falling out at Foster Star or Foster Haven or whatever it is. Foster Haven. Foster has a, Haven. Has a cool haircut. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> greatest of haircuts. Uh, Imperial Intelligence Officer LT514, probably the lamest character of them all. And, <laughs> Evil Lobot. Yes, and Chief Mechanic Willard Wayland. And I have to imagine that Wayland was probably another little Easter egg. Probably. Because of the heir to the Empire and everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. All right, and then Titan Squadron is compromised of four other pilots, including Varco Gray, a human male, Rila Soul, a human female, Shen, a cybernetic human male, and... Uh, uh, having Von Rog, a human female. So let's just get it right out there. The Empire is salty, and they're not afraid to show it. It seems like no matter whatever, like any time you talk to these people, they always have something bad to say, right? Yes. So Gray was like the leader, but like he was always like, oh, you know, it's like we're doing this, but sometimes I, I question our motives, you know? And then you have uh, Saul, who is, she's like the, uh, I think she like wants the Senate to come back. She's all very political. And then Von Rog is like, Forget all that. I'm Imperial, and I'm just going to kill everybody I see. Yes. And he have Shen. Actual psychopath. Yes. And then there's Shen, who's just like, I've crashed so many times. He, Shen is all of us. <laughs> yeah. Shen is like, he's like, I've crashed so many times. Shen only to come back error. alive. Yes. <laughs> Pilot error. So, and that's, that's exactly it. And he's just like, all he is is just like, he, he's like a tough guy with a, like a vocator. I don't know. Yes. Um, but yeah. At this point, I'd say it hurts, but it's, uh, it's all synthetic now. <laughs> I don't feel anything. Nothing below the waist. No, we're all good. I guess we should mention there are some additional cameos at higher levels. Mm. Uh, so we get to see uh, Admiral Ray Sloan on first, the Imperial side. This is one of the first times we saw her in the flesh. Yes. So well, I mean, I think it is the first time oh. we see her. Yeah. Actually manifest. <laughs> manifest. Well, she's a, she's a, she's a book character originally. Yes. So you know this, Brandon, because I know you said you read the, uh, what is it, the Aftermath series. That I she have was not a, read the Aftermath series. I thought you did. No. All right, well, never mind, Brandon. OG, OG Thrawn. <laughs> uh, no, well, she she's like the big player in those in the that trilogy. She makes a couple appearances everywhere else. Yes. Um, she's she's one of the main figures of the First Order. In other words, like yes, once it comes to fruition, she's kind of the founding mother, quote unquote, of the First Order. We're still of. like we're still waiting on that too. That's another thing where it's like because. Uh, that's about we think that's battlefront uh news never mind that um <laughs> but uh then on the and on the rebel side, side we see both general hera Syndulla, which was cool but it it came to last minute yes agreed with that and we also get a weird and kind of non-canonical appearance right. of wedge antilles played by dennis lawson himself yes which was cool and again it's cool to fly with wedge but but why is he in charge of Rogue Squadron? Rogue Squadron's we... not even an entity. Yeah. They retired. Rogue... Yes. <laughs> okay. So Rogue Squadron's retired by the uh, by the end of the Battle of Hoth. At least it's put on hold. Yes. You know until they can establish it, right? 
And then, uh, you know, fast forward to the end of Return of the Jedi, and there's no, it's no longer, you know, Rogue Squadron. It's just Red Squadron. Again. Even so much, like, you know, he's Red Leader during the like, the, the Battle of Endor. Right. You know, so... And then we presumably, know, presumably, following those events, he takes on Ghost Squadron. Does he? Yes. Boo. Wait. <laughs> Wait, no. Are you talking about, like, from so Rebels? Spoopy. No. Like, from Aftermath. Phantom Squad. Oh, sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. okay. No, I have my spectral beings confused. It's okay. It's okay. No, but, but that's see, this is where I think it could fit. Okay, I think this story for Squadrons fits between the six months after Return of the Jedi, but before the pickup of Aftermath, because Aftermath also establishes that Starhawks are already made, right? Right. Uh, and the first Aftermath book opens up with Wedge. Uh, you know, and presumably he's out doing his thing. This could be after the fact, and he's like, okay, well now I'm on a special mission. You know, and then everything else that plays out afterwards works out. And I guess there are some rumors that, like, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie... Might be in that is, time frame. Yeah, is not going to necessarily cover the, you know, straight white guys from A New Hope to Empire. Right. But it's going to be, like, this multi... Which, that's fine. Yeah. I always think, that, like, I, I like the fact that, like, with the with the Rebellion crew that you fly with, like, there's one human, really, besides yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of how it should be, because it's a, it's compromised. It, it's, comp- it, it's made up of different species to begin with. That's Rag the whole tag. idea. Yes. It's the, Guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> I wanted the Bunch idiot to live. A-holes. <laughs> hmm. But that's all I'm getting at. I get excited about it, and... I, I I think that Hera should have been more prominent through the whole thing. I think that she should have been in there in place of maybe Lyndon, or maybe Lyndon just works alongside her more. Yeah. Like, Lyndon's story was cool and everything, but it just didn't work. Also, this is a VR game. Let's start off with that. Um <laughs> More on like we're half an hour into this. All right, like <laughs> just well, just more and more like more and more that you try and play the actual um like campaign and you realize that it was made specifically for VR setups. It's Mm -hmm. very clear that this started off as a VR game and they were like, you know, we can make more money if if we we make it not VR too. But that (laughs) it doesn't just stop at the VR. The game suffers from an identity crisis of am I a flight sim or am I an arcade shooter? And that's to make it accessible to more people, but then you alienate both sides by having it be a little bit more too complex from an arcade shooter, but just like not flight simmy enough where somebody's like, this is too simple to me. So, so which one is it? Yeah. So I know you both have VR. Have you both tried it? Mm-hmm. I played pretty much all of it. What do you think? Like, so does that? I I know that like, so when you're not playing in VR, you're fixed. You're looking straight forward unless you double tap right, you know, R three, and then you can look around the cab. But it does no effort. There's no there's no real benefit if you're playing just the regular screen and you have to double tap R three to look around because R three is also you know, it's your throttle, you mm-hmm. know, it's your role. At least for me, that's how I set up my controls. So when it comes to like trying to track down, uh, you know, an enemy fighter or something like that, I think it would be much easier to be able to look three dimensionally. Yeah. When you can track something with your eyes in a dog oh, fight, it makes a big difference. It's a totally different game. That's and the I'm VR saying. really stands out when you're playing in um, like the TIE fighters that have like the domed right. glass in front of you so that you can look down, see your feet, but you can still see space underneath you. Whereas in the X-Wing, it's cool. You can kind of look around and see the cockpit. You can see, like, the dashboard. You can see above you. But mm-hmm. your your eyesight is even more so limited in VR because the cockpits are so small 
for a lot of the um, for a lot of the VR Republic has really vehicles. made yeah. me realize how terribly impractical the design of a Tie Fighter is. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. because so like with all of, all of the Rebel ships for the most part, they have a canopy where you can see front, left, right, and above you like exactly. a normal you know fighter, fighter craft. Yeah. And it makes that immensely easier when you're tracking targets because you just look up. Okay, there's like, the okay, guy. You then turn yourself that way. Right, that. right. Otherwise, when you're playing not in VR, I find that I'm just looking at that little red nacho just to see where it's going, figure where it's going to turn into <laughs> yep. a dot. Especially, I can imagine in the, like they said the Tie Fighter because yeah. it, it like it, the Tie Bomber in general is essentially a transport in itself because it's yeah. just a long tube yeah. with a window. You know, like that's all it is. And like to that end, like it's just I. I, I mean, I've overcome that part of it just, you know, without VR and kind of like, okay, I can see where the fun is of it. But again, like this is a VR game through and through. And it's yeah. I think it's much more it's much more of an experience yeah. if you have the equipment to. I think the price point of it, it also indicates that it was originally intended as a VR game. Right. Yes. And had it just stayed there. I know that a lot of the people at this table wouldn't have been able to experience the game because it would have alienated the audience and been like, it's just a VR game, just for PC, just for PlayStation, whatever. But had it just stayed a VR game, I would have much more respect for it as... I'd still think it's it's overall a great technical proof of concept yeah. of this is what it could be. I think it should have leaned more in one way because this feels no different from Battlefront 2 flying. It really it doesn't. Really doesn't. Yeah, and you can tell they use a lot of the same assets, a lot of the same sound effects, a lot of the same modeling, all that stuff. Even to that end, just the, uh, like, um, oh, what was I going to say? The actual... The detail in the cockpits and everything like that, it's all there for you to gawk at. Like, there's that point where you have to actually point and click to move around the map, and you have to find the inspect button. Or if you go and talk to NPCs outside of missions, it's so stilted and so unnecessary. That's where it's the most obvious is whenever you're on, like, your Your hangar. hangar. Yeah. Yeah. The tutorial mission really says, this is a VR game. Yeah. Yeah. Even the way, like, just, like, the comparison as to how you, like, go from interaction object to interaction object it feels so chunky with a controller yeah, yeah because you're not supposed to be doing it with an analog stick you're just supposed you to be look, going like there's my, there's my ship i'm gonna look at that mm-hmm. there's the mechanic gonna talk to her so there's the door gonna go in there yeah you do yeah. the michael keaton batman looking where yes. it's like your whole body <laughs> you gotta turns. turn everything. right <laughs> everything so even to that end like i like i said i've played vr before the one thing that kind of comes to mind is the uh the rick and morty vr where like you were like you were stuck in one point, but if you looked over at a point, and you held the you, know, you can teleport teleport, teleport exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of what they were going for, but it just I mean that yeah. would have been infinitely better than what they had because yeah, there was, it was just click it, it goes black and then points. it goes back up and it's just. But even to that end, so like what it, I know we were talking about the characters, but I want to bring it up one more time. Like, was it? Was it really interesting to talk to anybody outside the cockpit after no. that? <laughs> if it would have, it would have made it would have made all the more sense if you. First of all, if we didn't have to create our own character, if you just made an original character that could have had a name that could have been used and we could have actually had a substantial story made out of it. They're like, no, put you into the story. Great. That really screws canon, bro. Like, I get it. (laughs) But like, just get out there, you know, and like and and when you're talking to these people, they just they you could see the dialogue comes off them. And also, like all their like arm movements are the same. So at one point, they'll start with their arms crossed. And they'll yep. be like, mm-hmm. can't believe what you did out there. And like they're <laughs> mocking, like hitting a baseball and stuff like that. It's like, God, you know, it's just doing that. That's another thing. It just like, doesn't match when it up. comes to VR games, like 
it really suffers whenever the animation is not good because it's that much closer and it takes in your you face. out. Like yeah. you, it almost has to be mocap. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. it looks just totally unnatural. Even like so, credit where credits due. It, the game does look amazing, but to your point, yeah, like they're just stuck in 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 space. Like they're stuck in their own yeah. spot, and they definitely put their resources elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I'll say this. But, but where was that? <laughs> yeah. Making the in, cockpits look sh- awesome. <laughs> but that's like where it ends. In VR, It the, the coolness factor ends of when you're finally sitting and moving and flying and you shoot that first ship down in single player, multiplayer, whatever. That's kind of where the spectacle ends. <laughs> yes. Now the veil's been lifted and you see just this abysmally shallow experience yeah. where they totally threw something together last minute and then a bunch of empty suits were like, but how are we going to sell it to this market? And then mm-hmm. they pivoted resources. So animation took a dip. The content took a dip and they were like, well, we got to vet all of this story through Disney by December so that we can have the story ready, ready to have for- it go through next year through October for release. You can just, you can see it. You see all the bubble gum and duct tape and stuff. And then to just come out and say, yeah, what you get is what you get. Um, yeah. That's it. No DLC, tag. no nothing. Uh, not that we're planning. I mean, if it sells really well, then we'll talk about well, there was it. Well, that's pretty much what happened, right? I they, think they, they were had, surprised at how well They were it like, sold. whoa, hey, this is great. So now we're going to actually give you ships that people care about. Because people didn't understand the market they were releasing it into. Yes. Just because you have Star Wars in front of it, you're going to make a base sale. Yeah, like, you're going right. to sell up to a certain amount of copies. But now you've made a specific flight sim. You are... You're letting people relive their dream or live out their dream mm-hmm. of sitting in the cockpit of an X-Wing, of a TIE fighter, of a TIE bomber, of a B-Wing, A-Wing, whatever. And they're like, I want to do that. But you want to you wanna be able to feel like the pilot, not just like hold a controller or even if for, the, for you guys who got the HOTUS and you had the, yes, the actual flight difference. sticks, yeah, which makes a big difference. But even then... Like it would have been cool to like start up your ship, like engage every time you got in there, like do your checks and balances, sure. like yeah. immerse yourself in it, mm-hmm. like really go there. Um, I know why they didn't. I understand that. I think we've beat that horse, but it's just it's so disappointing. And when you the, the most fun I had in that game, I didn't even finish a single player because it was so boring, it was yeah. so boring and one sided and it's, drab. It's very um, hard to get through in like and try and enjoy it. Like, see, that's a, a story that's there. a bummer because the only enjoyment I got is in literally the last mission. Yeah. And the then I'm like, oh, this is cool. Dope. Yeah. But the slog to get yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And that worth the time. It's like sleeping in a Tauntaun carcass. <laughs> am I right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what I started off with. Because I, 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 I don't even know if I said it before we got the mics going or not. But I finished the story last night before, you know, before we came in here today. But it took me over three hours to finish three missions to actually get to the last good mission. Yeah. And I had forgotten that, like, oh, yeah, that's right. It does crash into the moon, but you have to outfly it now. And it's like, okay, that makes more sense. Well, yeah. And, like, that's something that just you miss out on so much if you're not playing in VR in terms of, like, there are, like, some subtle set pieces. But, like, Mm. if you're not really easily able to, like, look for them yeah you literally don't know they're happening exactly and that was just it like i said when it comes to me like and i'm in a fixed position you have to double tap the right stick to even look around and the way so like then the panic trying to get it to reset yes (laughs) pilot error exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly because like i said you want to be able to actually look at it and like i you know i'm a big fan of ace combat i talk about it all the time if they made a game just like ace combat but with star wars 
Forget about it. Yeah. But like, and so like the, one of the big things about this game is you can customize your control settings. So you can make it pretty much anything you want, yeah. which I appreciate that. I appreciate the lengths they go to, but you cannot subtract buttons. Every button has to be uh, made something. So for example, uh, if you push the center pad, uh, you get the, it just shows what your light, like your loadout is, right? I wanted to get rid of that. I wanted to make the center pad, the button where you would, you know, you push it and it goes to the next target. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't eliminate the one thing. It said you know, every button had to be labeled as something else, even though the the idea of looking at your loadout is kind of superfluous. Like, if you know what your loadout is, you know what it is. Yeah. We don't need a button halfway through the mission to show oh, you what I'm my halfway loadout. through a combat scenario. What did I load out again? <laughs> exactly, right? Like, you've only used the ordinance. Missiles incoming. Yeah. What do I have as my countermeasure again? The missiles. <laughs> so, but that's all I'm getting at. It, that was kind of... I don't know. Well, I think that's where the flight stick makes up for it because those are totally customizable, right? Yeah. 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 You could have made any button, whatever the hell. There's you a wanted. lot more intuitive stuff. Like you can set things to be have one function when it's a press, one when it's a hold, hold. one when it's a double tap. That's really cool. Like there's a, it's like, I would say, like PC level, uh, like what you'd be mm-hmm. used to. Oh, I assume they're cookie cutter from each other. They just. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's just a USB plug. I mean I, I believe they are yeah, compatible across are. multiple. Mm-hmm. So. I, since you guys got them, I will recommend again if you get a chance, do get Ace Combat. Ace Combat. I'm yeah. pretty sure it'd be there, really. I think you can play thing. through all of Ace oh, Combat does, in VR does. too, right? Yeah, there's at least a few missions that are uh, exclusively VR. I know I've never tried, mm-hmm. and I recommend it just because it's a fun game in general. Like it's not the story is actually a little bit better than squadrons but that's not saying much <laughs> but like uh I, you know all i'm all i'm getting at is it's uh bro it's, clifford's a better story than squadrons <laughs> <laughs> and i've read that book eight times in the last two weeks i guess that's true yeah <laughs> father figures in here i'm sorry um all right but uh is there anything else anyone else wants to say about the story before we move on to the multiplayer um i just had a couple notes here sure. um i think this one kind of summarizes what we've basically been talking about the last like five minutes or so is yeah. that there are more memorable moments than there are memorable missions yes without question yes um in coming back to it and playing through i played through like the first like maybe four missions or so before mm-hmm. i was like yeah i i, I remember enough that i'm good yeah um i found myself like that first mission where you come up to the station and you're in the tie fighter and you have to go around and like scan the ships yeah i would have loved more just like routine stuff yeah let's go on an x-wing patrol that guy's he doesn't have his beacon on. Let's yeah. pull him over. <laughs> that would have like space actually, cops. That, yeah, space cops. A little bit of Give that. me more of that kind of stuff. Because like, or even to that end, you could instead of making it, you know, Empire versus Rebels, you could throw in uh, a pirate faction. Kind of throw it yeah. up. Yeah. Do that thing like you're saying, where you're patrolling, and the next thing you know, there's a pirate attack on a st- like a space station. And you oh, have dude, to yeah, like accumulating a squad of like like Republic and Empire vehicles. That would have been like, real ragtag. That would have been really cool, insane. right? But that's just it. Like that, modified tie bombers and with like phaser cannons. <laughs> and that's 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 another thing that like it, this game was hard. It was a hard thing for people to just kind of establish that like you're either going to be, uh, you know, you're either going to love being the Empire. Or you're either going to love being the Rebellion. But no matter what, everybody comes out on top. Yeah, I don't feel know? like there was like a real benefit to having you. That screams, yeah. that screams Disney to me. Yeah. I want to give the developers the benefit of the doubt and think that they had a really cool concept, but I think things, when you vet them through Disney, they become really black and white at the end yeah. of the day. Of, this is what we want you mm-hmm. to establish so that we can do this moving forward. But then they take those little seeds that get planted, and then they go, what if we did that in the next five years? <laughs> yeah. And everybody goes, wow, Disney, you freaking geniuses. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> so that, that is for sure a thing that has been prevalent in Star 
Star Wars since Disney acquired the license. It's mm. just like you have to like give equal time to like literally absolute good and absolute evil. So to that end, I think that there is an appropriate ending for both sides to kind of quash this. Uh, for the Empire, they do accomplish their mission. They do take down Lyndon Jays and they take out the Starhawk and they have a happy day. And I actually thought that was the end of the, everything. And then next thing you know, the Rebellion's like, but, but what are we going to do? And it's like, well, the Starhawk's gone, man. And they're like, no, well, the Starhawk doesn't matter. People matter. And it's like, oh, that's right. That's what the rebellion's all about. Yeah, it was just like Disney. the normal run-of-the-mill, bad guys are bad, good, good guys, guys are good. good. Like, it just, it didn't really add anything so, to it. But even to that end, they did try and kind of prop up the like, okay, the New Republic's, they're like, they're, they're treading dangerous water because there's like, they're like moments away from becoming the Galactic Empire. Whereas the Empire is now the one, they're the ones on the run. They're kind of turning to rebel tactics and blah, blah, blah. But again, that's all hearsay, more or less. It's just like, you know, it's, it's more people to be proud of. You know, yeah, <laughs> trying to make it make them something make themselves feel good and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. let us move on to the multiplayer. Oh boy, I got a lot to say about multiplayer. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, let's go over. Uh, Brandon, what level are you on multiplayer? <laughs> Maybe ten. Okay. Fiat, what level are you? I know. What level are you? I think thirteen. Oh, what level are you? I have no idea. Level thirty, everybody. No, I'm just not. I, like, I'm not really like. I hate this game, but I played the hell out of it. I really like. I was just. I was playing so much to the point where like I had to. I had to leave at one point where I was in the middle of a mission, so I just like backed out. And I came back, and they're like, "You've been penalized. Like, you don't back out because that's a dick move." And it's like, okay, so they just. They just like kept matching me with like the worst people after that they're like you gotta pay the penalty yeah. wait so, so you're telling me that i will be playing against worse players if i quit out of a game mm-hmm. well, winning every game well, seriously i'm tired of getting spanked i will game that system because so, the matchmaking is garbage and i don't know who pilot air is but that guy kills me all the time <laughs> so uh we have exactly like, at least when the game first came out we have exactly I call, i'll call it three modes we have dog fighting we have fleet battles ranked, and we have fleet battles versus AI. That's two modes. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fleet battle. Don't even, there's you're two, being way too generous. There's two options to it. Let's put it that way. You're either you want to get sweaty, or you just want to try to have fun. Yeah. So to that end, uh, I know you guys aren't big on dog fights. I was big on dog fights. I that's where I got most of my coinage from, which is being that guy who nerfed mm. everybody. You know. But like, and, and I was able to increase, like I used the interceptor all, all the time, you know, whether depending on which faction I had, I know we all kind of have our own like pre-established ships that we like to go to and everything. Um, but so, I mean, what did everyone think of the dog fighting first off and versus now? Like, I hated how it was the gate to get to the mode that I think everybody actually wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't to think get... that it introduced me to anything that I didn't already know. Totally. Would have benefited me. Too. Yeah. You yeah. had to get to level five before you can get into the. Battles, yeah. right? They rank Just like, hey, look at all these people who have been playing longer and are better than you. Just <laughs> rub your nose in yeah, it. Yeah. And everybody like, that we know comes you in, want the other side has to play through that. So everybody that wants to just basically dominate on people and as I have said several times, just, just be a sweat is they know that new players have to start there, mm-hmm. so they go there and they just hunt the oh, low dude, level. Players. And it's easy pickings because there are some blueberries that come oh, through there. For sure. And that's exactly what it was like Christmas time when mm-hmm. everyone got the game. <laughs> So. I'm one of them. <laughs> and that game's going to go on another sale where it's going to be like 10 bucks and yep. it's just going to happen all over all again. And then it's yeah. going to be free on Epic or something and it's mm-hmm. going to happen again. And mm-hmm. But so even to that end, like, I mean, 
versus where you started versus where you are now, do you kind of feel like you have a better chance if you were to pick it up now? Or <laughs> no. just no? <laughs> Fair no. enough. No. Uh, and, Minimally. Like, honestly, it just, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for myself, but I just say it just takes time. You know, it, like, I, I think also I have that, like, I play flight simulators a lot, so I have that, like, spinning mm-hmm. experience yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Spinning, so, that's a good, good trick. trick. <laughs> you know, so, like, I kind of I kind of just take the dogfights and I run with them and everything yeah. versus it's just the, the other map. So when it comes to, like, those kind of games, like, even just multiplayer in general, like, I'm, a, I'm pretty casual unless something, like, really, really just speaks to me. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I would say I'm, I'm pretty casual these mm-hmm. days. And this game is like it is not designed with the casual player in mind. At exactly, all. No. and I, and that's just another like flaw with the way that like the the game was rolled out. Essentially, is that like you know you had these like real hardcore flight simulator fans that jumped in right away, you yeah. know, picked it up, play it all the time, and then it's like I feel like everybody else is just super casual. Yeah, more or less. And, yeah, I, and that's, one end of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. That's exactly how I try to play it if I can. Um, but jump into the fleet battles. Now, now I said there's two different versions of it. There's you could do the fleet battle versus AI, which is it. I think it's, it's, it's easier for people who are unfamiliar with how it works to just kind of do that. And that way you can not feel like you're up against too much. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually do the ranked one where you're up against real people, that's when the sweatiness happens. That's when you start, start yeah. to worry a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think that mode's overall better because it gives you the sense of big battle, the big fleet yeah. battle. There yeah. are AI characters you can chase down. There are AI characters fighting beside you. There's your squadron. You feel like you, can you feel like the rogue squadron outside of all of the other AI that are on there, so it makes you feel right. special right out of the right. gate. Mm-hmm. There's ways to be successful and not have to chase down enemy players. Yes. You can be just as effective and let the dogfighters dogfight and protect you from AI play or for protect you from the other uh, players. Uh, on the other side and then you can focus on capital ships you can mm-hmm. focus on damaging mm-hmm. the big stuff and moving that forward i'd much rather yeah do you have that. more options for how to approach basically every situation yeah. right yeah i mean it's like personally i mean i typically fly the interceptor class mm-hmm. and i know you do too connor yeah um you know and and i do actually i mean so when i'm doing like a fleet battle i tend to do more dog fighting mm-hmm. and it's interesting because i actually feel like i my scores are sometimes less impressive on the fleet battles just in terms of like, yeah, you know, I'm getting the same amount of kills as I would in a dog fight, but yeah. like there's so much other stuff going on. People are doing like 50,000 points of damage to the capital right. ships right. and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm here like racking up 10 points at a time for, but that's, that's also <laughs> what the game tries to promote. It, tr- it tries to promote teamwork. Like mm-hmm. I, this game is fun by yourself, but yeah. I think overall, it, it is better I, in that team environment. I very much enjoy playing it with all five of you. Yes. Well, all four, all five of us. I think really that's the only the, un- the way to play it. Yeah, yeah, that's really the only enjoyment of so, trying to have your squadron for yeah. squadrons. Like, you and were, that's what I'm getting at, I guess. It's the, just like I would still eminently more play that mode. Yeah. The <laughs> I would say the, the last time that we all played together, I remember there was a point where we were all just kind of like, what can we do? And I think, like, didn't I just sort of was like, all you right, just started going full in commander. I, I, and I was like, where were you five minutes ago with this? Because like, Duncan had, you had your bomber. And I was like, listen, Duncan, I need you to focus all your fire on the cruiser. If we can get the cruiser taken down, then we can work on the capital ships. I need Andrew and Andrew to go and cover them with their fighters and stuff like that. We'll take care of the, you know, we'll take care yeah, of the rest. Mob of up the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounded so cool. It's like, I mean, I, I'd be all for that. And that's, I think what I'm saying is like, as a friend group, you know, depending on yeah. who you get, if you've got five or 10, you know, that's another thing. If you have more than five 
play, you know, friends you want to play with, if you want to actually do like a five on five with people you know, it'd be fun to do that. I don't know if you when can actually did, customize it. Or when not. we did the, uh, was that all all of us when we did? I think it was. We we did like the custom match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. It was something Agreed. they had to work on after the fact. That was one of their newer, yeah, their newer additions to the game itself. When yes. they were like, "Wow, this is popular now," you know, and they're like, <laughs> "We might as well improve it." Also, who designed the three maps in this game? Right, because they're all, I mean, like they're great maps, but it's like they, it, you want a little more variety. Yeah. And it's either they, it's either notes. floating junkyard or completely open space. Yeah, or Nadiri, I think is the other one. Like wow. I get Nadiri. Yeah, Nadiri. Yeah, Nadiri is good, mm-hmm. and like the, yeah the. Like and well, and there's the asteroid field as well. Yeah, but like the, the, in the nebula or whatever. But there's that, like you say, there's no cover whatsoever. It's just open space between mm-hmm. you and the other fighters. Freaking Yavin. Out. Yeah, especially <laughs> if it's just dog fighting. Like right. you yeah. know, it's like that's that's really where you show. Like you know, that's where the men show up. That's what I'm saying. It's like you either get killed or you are the killer. Like it's yeah. it's like, very. I traumatic. could get behind the idea of like just an in atmosphere map like that, but like why are we like. Space is right there. Like, why couldn't we have been down a little bit lower? Or even that, yeah, a little yeah, more visually fly interesting. Fly above the scrap. You know, <laughs> it would like, have been like, hey, if you go down into the clouds, you're going to die. It would have been like, that's the ground. The ground in fast vehicles are bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, how about there's no, there? It would have been fun to actually have a uh, a map that took place on a planet. Yeah, I think you know, yeah. like imagine if we it was something like, like you truly know, you low altitude fly like, over fl- like fly in Coruscant or something. Did anybody or, else dude. think we were going to get or a Kashyyyk or? I was hoping yeah. so. I thought that that was where it was going, just with the time frame that it was set in, and then. It was but that like, was just it, no. like if that or was time jump. That yeah. was that was our argument and everything. We figured as much as we're like, oh, you know, it's like it's not going to work out the how it's the whole rogue squadron of it and everything, like the continuity break and all that crap. That's where we were like, kind of like, but where is it set? But where is it set, everybody? <laughs> you know. So trust me, I would have been there too because it, it would have made sense. You know, and that's that just goes back to what I'm saying because we had that point in Battlefront 2, one of the last missions. You start off by flying on Jakku, you're in the battle of Jakku. If I could have, I would have loved to have been in the dogfight of Return of the Jedi, a battle of Endor because that was like sure. that was one of the last missions of uh, uh, Rebel, like uh, Rogue Squadron 2 or whatever, right? And so put yourself in that situation, that would have been fun. And same thing right now, like you want to prop up the Battle of Jakku as the end all be all of the Galactic War or whatever. Why not still prop it up or even just go, you know, X amount of months later. We're at this point now and it's Vanguard's last stand or something like that. I mean, the Battle of Jakku seems like a pretty like video game thing at this point. So why not? Why not lean into that and just like, you know, they always talk about the the loop blowing up the Death Star. Like that's like a big reference. Like why can't that be the same kind of marker point for the games mm-hmm. as it is, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, <laughs> yes. and that's, and it goes, it Frustrated. Goes, <laughs> it goes back into the books too. Cause again, aftermath deals with the battle of Jakku, like the last book almost exclusively yeah, is yeah, the battle I, of Jakku. I mean, Jakku. they wrote an entire novel that's basically set around the freaking yeah, battle. Cause it's so long. That's the other side of it too. They're like the, the fighting on Jakku, I think took over a year or something like that. It was like, so some give me any random crazy, day from yeah. that whole year long yeah. battle. Yeah. And yeah, it's, if there were just actual stakes as well, Again. like you know, it's it's kind of lame in a sense that like both you know Vanguard Squadron and Titan Squadron essentially just walk away at the end, like, like un- no. And that's the other side of it too. 
Someone should have died on yeah. these squadrons. So give it some real. So like when Lyndon went down, I was like, okay, I can see that. Like that's that was a sacrifice, and he did his best. Blah blah. blah. And then he oh, came my back eye again. roll was so heavy when yeah. he came back. When I, I so I replayed the last mission to yeah. kind of prep for talking about this. I forgot <laughs> that he didn't actually die when he comes out of the ship. He's like. like don't forget, I designed it. It's Wait. like, you crashed an X-Wing into it, man. That wasn't a hangar. Yeah, did, did you design, like, a hangar full of mattresses to, like, bump it? Like, wow. No, it's my every, secret hangar. Every <laughs> other ship that crashes into something disintegrates. Yeah, even Moff Gideon didn't get up and just go, oof, and, like, dust off his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> he had to on. cut through his freaking ship. Oh, my God. Speaking of Moff Gideon, I will say that the uh, seeing some of the things in The Mandalorian that we saw in squadrons was pretty cool yeah like whenever he lands back on navarro and then there's the mimbin there i was like doing yeah. like the DiCaprio with the beer meme i was like that's a mimbin uh, yeah. that's a mimbin it's like that's gunny <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> same here like it did the gazantes oh yeah well the gazantes the cruiser and then and like, yeah. well shot, that's just shot it. those down. We, we were we were playing when we played last time i said i'm gonna pull a I think I said I'm going to pull a bow or whatever, and I flew right into the middle. I was like, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I flew right into it, just like suicide. It so per- it. Yeah, it worked so perfect on the... Uh, <laughs> on the Mando. On the Mando. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, so, um, how about this? I, everyone's favorite ship to use overall, then why? How about that? So, Brandon, let's start with you. What's your favorite ship and why? Uh, I'm an X-Wing guy because it's it's maneuverable enough, but it's not too fast. It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic. And that was that was the one that I really wanted to fly. Like mm. whenever the first VR mission where I got into the X-Wing and I was like, all right, yeah, like that was the wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And and then it was that was the one note. But it was a good one note. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fia, for you? I like playing the TIE Bomber. Yeah? Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah, Especially in fleet battles because you can just drop bombs on the capital ships, go back, resupply, come back to your yeah. past. That's like, that's my lane. I don't want to be the Poe Dameron. I don't want to be the guy out there dogfighting every single thing. I just want to do my job, come back, do my job. Like, I want to sim it. <laughs> I want to play that sure. role. I don't get to do that. I get to be the hero in every other Star Wars facet. Yeah. Fallen Order, all of them. Even Lego Star Wars. Like, you can play as every single Jedi hero and smuggler and bounty hunter you want. I just want to be the guy that fixes X-Wings. Like, I want to be the guy that takes all the X-Wings when they come back. And I got to, like, pick up my welding torch with my VR goggles on. I got to weld the wings back on. And then I got to replace all the cables and stuff. Even that would have been, like, again, that would have been a cool, like, mini game after the fact. It's like, well, you got to take care of it because so-and-so is injured. And if it would have leaned into the VR probably would have saw something more like that yeah yes. sure yeah uh roman uh well as i as mentioned previously i'm a, an interceptor flyer particularly a, the a-wing the a-wing fair enough uh mr duncan i'm a i'm a i'm a bomber guy um because like the bombers yeah. i'm strange slow and heavy <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I particularly i particularly like just like andrew said uh flying and dropping dropping bombs on capital ships you, and then uh unstable engine guy so when yes someone eventually gets behind me and just lights me up i'm like well i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt you anyway is it are you y-wing or is it uh tie fighter Oh, I I don't have a preference there. Fair enough. Just depending on the faction. Yep. Uh, for me, it is tie interceptor, obviously. And like I said, like I've been playing it so much that I got I got it I got it all teched out. It's got that nice gold finish on it, and I got all the all the hangers. That and nobody got Baby Yoda. That nobody can see. <laughs> yeah, all right. So first of all, I totally glossed over that, but that is absolutely no, true. I want. I do want to. Uh, let's finish off with that because I I did want to bring that up. You can customize the cockpits in this game. You can customize what your ship looks like. Quote unquote. Customize. So, so the ship 
customization is kind of no it is really just moot like there's no point to it it goes back to what we were talking about this being a vr game Mm -hmm. if they had given you the option to go third person then the customization would have made a little more sense especially with the skins right Mm -hmm. but you know i was like well what's the what's the freaking point of this like why do you need a pink tie fighter why do you need this it's It's like you can see it when they fly in in the first two seconds of a dog fight yeah and i mean truly the only hook is that that's the only reason why people would keep playing is to keep getting to stuff unlock stuff yeah. and that's just it like when the first round uh ended and like i got my rank or whatever i got i think like 7500 you know glory points or whatever so mm-hmm. i had some money to spend and i went and bought a bunch of this and that i bought like all the trinkets you could put in the cockpit and stuff like that so like the trinkets in the cockpit okay that makes a little more sense because it's still something you can kind of like oh yeah I, I bought this and this thing floats around and you know projects and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day like what's it gonna do no. Versus like something you would get in like Call of Duty, I'm sure, like where you actually see the skin on your gun or mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. You actually see what you're buying, right? right. Or to you get face. some kind of, and it's something you better. earn. When you earn it, it shows that you did that specific thing. Like mm-hmm. a game, like I'll go back to Destiny Two, where I'm wearing an armor set. I'm wearing an armor set that I got from a raid, and when you see it on me, you know I completed that raid. That's an endgame activity, and that's big. It would have been cool if there were things like for doing specific challenges that you get specific skins for your vehicle. So when people saw them, on the off chance they saw them in the split second you went past their screen, they could go, (laughs) oh, wow, that guy did that really hard challenge, or that girl did that really hard challenge. But even even to that, like when you see them flying around, like, yeah, you can kind of glance that someone has a different... You know, different textured hull or something oh, like look, that. Oh, look, that's the Swamp X-Wing. <laughs> like, I have the Swamp X-Wing, and I was excited about it, but, like, the only thing you could do is you could, like... Flex I, I think, on new people. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the VR, like, if you... I'm sure you could... There's a chance where you could probably lean a little bit forward and see, like, the nose covered in it. But otherwise, like, I have to, like, you know, double tap and look around, and I could see a little bit of moss on my wings, and that's about mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, it's, it's like you say, you're just flexing for everybody else. Yeah. So, like, to that end, like... I get it, and I get that's why you want to keep people coming back so they can kind of feel like they earn that, you know. But, you know, at what cost? <laughs> to what end? Very, yeah, very shallow. You know, that's where, like, whenever we first heard about this, I was upset that they said this was not going to be third person. And I was like, that's, you know, th- you can't do that. You know, <laughs> you can, and it has, and it, it is <laughs> <They> successful, <laughs> you know. But at the, at the end of the day, like I said, I personally would have preferred third person. That's just it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, to start to wrap on it, like, there are redeemable qualities in the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think we like fleet battles. I think, um, you know, much of the gameplay is tolerable. Like, it's it's not like the game is just junk to play. No. It plays pretty nice. Yeah, that goes back to the controller customization too Mm -hmm. it's like you could play it to your liking if you said it right Mm -hmm. and i think as we've you know kind of hinted at like i think the game actually probably overperformed expectations Mm -hmm. so like i wonder if there is hope for like a sequel that will actually deliver on the things that we're interested in or even just like add to a dlc yeah like an expansive dlc yeah i'd be surprised if we didn't see something that ties in with the rogue squadron movie agree right (laughs) <laughs> or even to that end, just like, I mean, somewhere down the line, just be like, oh, by the way, here's Battle of Jakku, just so because everyone's asking about it. or, you know, this or that or like the, if, the battle from if X we hadn't just started uh, like a new generation of consoles, I would say that it 
additional content for this game would be more likely. But I right. think that because, is a challenge because there we just started with a new generation of consoles that it's more likely going to be a new like a, a standalone new that, like yeah. a proper sequel. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah, and if you want to play through the Battle of Jakku, just go fire up Battlefront Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way better experience, and you can fly ships and, and also fi- shoot yeah, people yeah. on the ground. You fight. You're you're on a Death Star with no horses this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, real quick, round the table. Uh, one out of ten. Brandon. Uh, six. Fiac. Five point five. Andrew. Six point five. Duncan. Four. And me, I give it uh, seven. Like I said, okay, but not great. So good bones. Good bones. Yes. Yes. There's something there there. Proof of concept. <laughs> but yeah, and it's but it's just a proof of concept. Right. Forty dollars to beta test it. It's for. a POC, <laughs> not a POS. Yes. Well, I just want to say thank you guys, uh, both Andrew Fiak and Brandon Carney here for coming in today. Thanks it was for fun having to have me. you guys here. Yeah. Uh, any news on games and that coming up soon or later, or anything like that? Hopefully. I don't know. We're shrugging. You guys are shrugging. shrugging. Hopefully sometime down the line, you guys are going to go back and uh, be live again. Yeah, we need to retool a little bit. Yeah. I know. Life being the way it is, I'm sure. Pretty much. (laughs) That's pretty much the big thing to do. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you guys are always welcome back on here. You know that. Mm -hmm. uh, Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you. With that being said, please be sure to check us out on our Twitter at First Greedo or at our Instagram uh, at Greedo Shot First Podcast, all one word. If you uh, want to listen to us, please check us out on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, leave a rate and review, and check us out on Spotify, or even check us out at our website at Reggie'sHousePodcast.com. If you got any questions or concerns or comments or anything like that, you just want to let us know. Get at us at Greedo Shot First Pod at gmail.com all one word that's greater shot first pod at gmail.com all one word and with all that said i just want to tell you guys i thought i had a great time and i'm looking forward to having even more great times with you up there in the sky in squadrons andrew what about you it was a boring conversation anyway i bet it was